The price that you pay for being jealous is far more than you may realize. And this extreme illustration, admittedly, of Saul's jealousy of David gives us a window into the catastrophic nature of jealousy and what it can do to us. Welcome to Living a Legacy, featuring the Bible teaching ministry of Crawford Lorenz. Crawford has served in Christian ministry for over 50 years. His books include Leadership as an Identity, Unshaken, and Make it Home Before Dark. He retired from pastoral ministry and now mentors those in Christian leadership through his organization, Beyond Our Generation. Well, today we continue in the series, The Pursuit of God's Heart, and we are looking at the life of David with a focus on six segments of his life. So far, we've seen that David was marked by God to be king, that he trusted God to deliver him from Goliath, and today, the hideous nature of jealousy. There's a lot to learn from today's passage in 1 Samuel chapter 18. Today, we'll get through the first half of Crawford's message, The Dark Side of Favor. Here he is on Living a Legacy. We've entitled the series, The Pursuit of God's Heart. God himself said of David, for I found him, uh, in David a man after my own heart who will do all my will. And so he defines David as a man, although he was imperfect, he, you know he, he had some major hiccups and, and some bad choices that he made. Nevertheless, David responded to God. And he was a man after God's heart. He wanted to make sure that he did everything that God had told him to do. And we're, we're, we're getting to a section here that has our name all over it. In fact, I've entitled the message, The Dark Side of Favor, or The Downward Spiral of Jealousy. It has to do with uh, Saul's response to the successes that David experienced. This comes on the heels of David slaying Goliath. As I said a few weeks ago, uh, we read this story, and, and sometimes as we tell this story, we make it sound as if David showed up and he was fearless, even though he didn't have this. And no, he wasn't there to fight Goliath. He, he was a runner. He came to bring supplies to his brothers who were fighting and to find out how they were doing. And while he was there, had no idea that he would be fighting or whatsoever, but he had a big vision of God. And Goliath, who was almost 10 foot tall, was taunting the armies of the living God. And David said, this should not be what we know about God. And one thing leads to another. And there David shows up, probably wasn't big enough to wear Saul's armor, did not fit him, had to go with what he had. And all he had was a shepherd's pouch and a sling. And as I said, the uh, story is almost anticlimactic because I don't think the fight lasted such as it was. I don't think it lasted longer than two minutes. I, 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 I failed to see even that much. I think David ran toward him and said a few words and did like this, and bam, he was, it, was, it was over. Well, that becomes problematic. How many of you know that some folks can't handle your success? Yeah, there's an issue. Before we dive into the passage, I want to say a few words about jealousy. First of all, let's just get this out of the way. I don't know of of a person who at one time or another has not struggled with jealousy. And if you're past 10 years old and you say you've never struggled with jealousy, you're lying. <laughs> I think we've all in varying degrees have struggled with jealousy. Now, the truth be known, uh, most of us are not jealous of, uh, uh, about anybody that has, 
gifts, talents, and abilities that are totally opposite of what our trajectory and desire is. For example, I'm not jealous of an opera singer. You know, I'm not jealous of an NBA player. I could tend to be jealous, however, of someone who's in the same field that I am, doing the same kind of stuff that I am, the tendencies start to look over like this. So typically, we, we, we tend to be jealous over people or about situations or individuals who kind of come close to our territory. Jealousy is, is, is an emotion that's complicated, admittedly. If you Google jealousy, you read all this. It's, it's an emotion that's complicated, but I actually don't think it's all that difficult to understand, although the emotion is complicated, because jealousy is really a symptom of insecurity. Jealousy is the manifestation of insecurity. We get jealous because we're fearful and, and we feel as if we're being abandoned or humiliated. It feels as if we're being left out or we're being humiliated by someone that's close to me and I'm sensing abandonment. It, there cannot be jealousy where there is security. If you're secure, typically you're not gonna struggle with jealousy. If you're insecure, you're gonna struggle with jealousy. Jealousy is a manifestation of, of insecurity. Now, why are we jealous? Um, you know, you, you can Google this, and there's a, there's, a, there's a truckload of reasons why we're jealous, a whole lot of them. But I want to I suggest to you that there are three bottom line, lowest common denominator, essence reasons why we're jealous. And I think they fall into these three categories. All the other reasons can fall underneath these three categories. Number one, I, we tend to be jealous because we long for recognition and attention. We want to be recognized. We want attention. And maybe you grew up in a family, in a household where you were either the, you know, you, you, were, the, you, were, the, you were the bright morning star of the whole family and you, you, got in, you got everything that you asked for or whatever. And so the problem with that kind of upbringing is that you walk out in the world and not everybody's kissing you. What? I'm not the great? No, not, not really. Yes, I am. My mama told me I am. Uh, well, she was wrong. Uh, <laughs> you know, so you, you want recognition and attention, and you set them up for, I'm going to say some more about that a little later on. The second reason why we're jealous, I, I really believe, is because someone else's success reflects our failure and or inadequacy. We, we get jealous because somebody in my lane close to me, uh-oh, wait, 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 wait a minute. Their success, because of my insecurity, I can't celebrate it, their success mirrors or reflects to me, well, how come I don't get that attention? How come I can't do it? How come they got this award? How come they got this record? Wait a minute here. How come? And it scares us again. But I think the ultimate reason why we're jealous, this is the fundamental reason why we're jealous, is because God is not the source of our satisfaction and significance. Something else has become the source of my satisfaction and significance. My, my dreams, my goals, my ambitions, my career, or whatever has, has replaced God. And I'll, you know, I'll say this a little bit later on. Jealousy is a manifestation of idolatry. Because we are drawing our sense of validity and our sense of personhood and our sense of significance and, and, and all of that stuff and security from something or someone else other than God, namely recognition and attention. So we get jealous. 
Now, the truth of the matter is nobody needs to shrink down in the chair because all of us live here. In varying degrees, all of us do. It's part of the human dilemma. And let me just add this to, to this whole perspective. It is my view that jealousy is particularly prevalent during our moment in history in the Western world. I think, this is my view, that with the d- demise of the family, the breakdown of the family, the longing for community, the explosion of social media, uh, the immediate feedback that we're, get- we're getting, the environment is, is just saturated with comparisons and competition. All of that is at a fever pitch. I think what it has produced is a generation of people who struggle with insecurity as never before. As never before. I didn't get as many likes. I don't have as many followers. Uh, all of this kind of stuff, body image, all of this stuff. And I think jealousy is particularly prevalent in this generation, in this culture, because we don't celebrate community as much as we used to and the nobility of self-sacrifice. Now, having said all of that, this is exactly the situation in which Saul finds himself and David finds himself. I'm going to say this up front here again. It was necessary for David to be the brunt and target of jealousy and mistreatment in order for David to experience greatness. And this is helpful for those of us who are going through a season in which we're the target of envy and jealousy and mistreatment. What made David the greatest king that Israel ever had was what he began to go. This, this, this whole experience that we're talking about right here is the inauguration of 16 years in which David experienced the dark, dark, dark side of alienation, and he was tested about loyalty. But it was in the crucible of mistreatment that God made him the greatest king that Israel ever had. So, where do we pick this up? William Penn, the the founder of Pennsylvania, famously stated about jealousy, he said, the jealous are troublesome, They're troublesome to others, but a torment to themselves. The price that you pay for being jealous is far more than you may realize. And this extreme illustration, admittedly, of Saul's jealousy of David gives us a window into the the, the, the catastrophic nature of jealousy and what it does for us and what it can do to us it is not neutral, and we need to stop sanitizing. There are certain sins that we, 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 we take the capital S and just put a small S next to it, and jealousy tends to be one of those. But jealousy is not a small thing. Jealousy is a bad thing, and it's a big thing. This, this needs to be on the, the screensaver of the message, and that is that, 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 that you need to keep in mind that jealousy is rooted in the irrational. The very nature of jealousy doesn't make sense. Jealousy is rooted in the irrational. It is irrational to be jealous. Now there might be some contributing factors, I do get that. So as we step into this text, what is taking place here? David has killed Goliath. 
And he didn't do this for self-aggrandizement. He didn't do it for any other reason. He did it because God laid it on his heart and he believed God. And so he wasn't grandstanding. He wasn't trying to suck the air out of the room. He wasn't trying to use this as a platform for personal affection and attention and recognition and all of that kind of thing. He just did it for the right reason. Well, there are four, <laughs> there are four steps to this downward spiral that we see in this narrative. And it begins at this one place, verses six and seven, begins with favor and celebration. That's innocent enough. We pick it up in verse six. It says, as they were coming home, this is the cele- after, after David had uh, killed Goliath, and as they were coming home, when David returned from striking down the Philistine, the women came out of all the cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul. And you, you got to feel this thing here. Saul's saying, well, this is a good thing. Look at all these women coming out here singing and dancing. And they had tambourines and songs of joy and with musical instruments. It was wonderful. And Saul's probably saying, oh, man, this is great. Look at all of this stuff here. I, yeah, that's right. I, you know, the young boy, I tried, you know, I sent him out there. He did the deed here. This is all about us here. It's going to be about me. It's going to be about how great a leader I am and how, you know, how smart I am. I mean, they, you know, they don't know the backstory here, but they, they don't think that I chose this dude. Yeah, but the lyrics of the song is problematic. Verse 7 says, and the women sang to one another as they celebrated. Saul has struck down his thousands, and David his ten thousands. What? Now, a little backstory here. According to uh, Exodus 15 21 and Judges chapter 5, it was an ancient um, Israelite custom for women to compose uh, songs memorializing the men's military successes. So this was not not an uncommon thing. If there was a victory, the women would get together and and, and write a song about it, and, uh, you know, almost like the cheerleaders, you know. This was a tipping point for Saul. What are you talking about? So it begins by this innocent favor and celebration. Saul has killed his thousand, David has killed his ten thousands. Honestly, I don't think they wrote the song to rub Saul's nose in his inadequacy. I think they, they looked at how, how big Goliath was and how strong he was and how no one could stand up against him, and they were just saying, boy, look at this young man and what he had done. Now, now we come to the second stage in his downward spiral of anger and frustration. This is Saul's response. Look at what he says here in verse 8. He says, and Saul was very angry. And this saying displeased him. I suppose so. And he said, they have ascribed to David ten thousands, and to me they have ascribed thousands. And what more can he have but the kingdom? Well, you, under, you need to understand something. We're reading this narrative here, but what you, have, what you have to understand is that there are no chapters divisions in the Bible, okay? And actually, this, this, this whole saga and the downward spiral of Saul really is accelerated back over in chapter 15 with an event. And what, what, what Saul, the reason why he was so galled by this, I think is because he connected to, 
the mention of David with Samuel's devastating words to him in 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 28. See, what happened back then, the reason why, the reason why, the reason why God took his hand off of Saul was because Saul had this dastardly tendency to consistently, partially obey God. And how many know that partial obedience is total disobedience? And he had this just, he would just repackage what, what, what God said through Samuel, and he said, okay, no, I got it, got it, got it. He, Samuel goes on and says, no, we ain't doing it that way, we're going to do it this way. And so he did this when they were fighting the Amalekites. God has specifically told Saul, specifically told him, hey, hey, man, don't, don't take any of that spoil, don't take the spoil. And by the way, kill Agag. Well, Samuel shows up. He says, Saul, yeah, man, you can see Samuel. Did you do what God said? Absolutely. Did you keep eating the spoil? Certainly did not. All this stuff. They said, uh-oh, oops, liar, liar, pants on fire. He lied again. He said, what about Agag? Did you kill him? No. And this is what Samuel said to him. This was the last straw. This is the last straw. Verse 28 of chapter 15. The Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you this day and has given it to a neighbor of yours who is better than you. Now, can you imagine what went through his mind as he heard these women singing? You talk about insecurity squared? You're done. It's over. God's taken his hand off of you, and not only that, this, this little scrawny kid, yeah, yeah, the one that shouldn't have been chosen, yeah, the run of the litter, right. The one that killed Goliath, yeah. God's chosen him. I just want to say to us here, don't get angry or jealous of someone because of your disobedience. That was the issue here. Saul, if he had a tender heart and a responsive heart, which was a problem, he didn't, he still could have said, oh, gee, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, I know what this is about. They're saying that because, yeah, I didn't obey. It wasn't about David. David wasn't the problem. And the people were jealous is not the problem. We sometimes project our own disobedience on somebody else. They're, they're not the problem. This is the problem. This, yeah, this is the problem. No, you didn't obey me. So I want to encourage us. You know, think about your jealousies, and we've all had them. Think about the folks that you're competing with. Tell these people haven't done anything to you. They might be in your same space, and they're doing the best they can, and maybe they're getting more recognition. But perhaps the problem is, is that we're jealous of them because their character outclipses ours. In verse 9, there's this line here. It says, and Saul eyed David from that day on. You don't pick this up in, in, in the English text, but that, that expression eyed there comes from a, a very interesting Hebrew word. It's a similar sounding Hebrew word, which means to transgress. I happen to believe that the author of this, of this book here did that on purpose. 
I think there's an intentional, subtle play on words implying that from this point on, Saul would keep an eye on David for the purpose of doing him harm. So instead he eyed him, it wasn't that, just gone, oh, I better watch him. No, there was, there was more freight here. He eyed him. This was, this was the tipping point in Saul's mind. When them, when them ladies sang that song, when the women sang that song, and those lyrics went out there, and he remembered what God said about him, and from this point on, Saul sought to kill David. He eyed him. You know, we all know that old line, keep your friends close, but keep your enemies closer. That was the deal. Let me keep you right here because I'm going to take the opportunity to off you. I mean, I, I don't mean to sound profane here, but I just in order to keep this real, because put it in our vernacular, I and David, he looked at him and said, you little snot, you're history. Oh, you're dead. You're dead. You're not going to take away something that belongs to me. You're dead. I want to say a word to parents here. As you raise your children, sometimes we innocently can set them up for jealousy. You say, how? Well, you know, sometimes in not wanting others to be left out, we cultivate jealousy. What do you mean by that, Crawford? Well, you know, everybody's got to get a trophy. You know, we, we, we want everybody to be treated, treated this, this, this sort of like magnanimous, fair way. I think, and this is not PC, I think when you do that kind of thing, you actually set them up for expectations that are unrealistic. No, in life, everybody doesn't get a trophy. They don't. And the reason why you didn't get a trophy this year is because you lost, L-O-S-T. What's wrong with telling them that? Oh, you hurt their self-esteem. No, you don't. I, I think you do stuff like, you, you know, you're treat, treating everybody the same way in fairness, this kind of thing. You know, and I think we do this too as grandparents. We've been guilty of this. You know, one of our grandkids has a birthday, and so what we do, they've got a sibling that's close in age, and, you know, we're going to celebrate their birthday, but we don't want this child to be left out, so we buy them a gift too. I don't think that's a smart thing. Because what you're doing is you don't want them to feel left out, and that's a temporary solution, but what you're doing is giving them an expectation. We can, we can fertilize jealousy innocently, but we create it. Crawford Lorenz here on Living a Legacy. Some interesting thoughts there, and maybe we are unintentionally cultivating jealousy through the things we do for our kids, which might cause problems for them later. Well, more about that next week as Crawford continues his message, The Dark Side of Favor. We're in a series called The Pursuit of God's Heart, looking at six segments of David's life. The first segment, David was marked by God to be king. The second, the slaying of giants. And now, the dark side of favor, or the hideous nature of jealousy. Well, if Crawford's message was helpful, take a few moments to let us know. Our mission in providing these weekly messages is to help you gain insights into God's Word that will move you along in your walk with Christ. Write to legacyatmoody.edu, legacyatmoody.edu. 
If you joined us late in today's broadcast, you can catch it all on our website. Go to livingalegacy.org and look for the link Past Programs. Thanks for joining us. This program is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.